This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, back in the locker room, hour two. This is the lunchtime for everybody. Wolf, <laughs> Wolf, get the food out of your mouth. Get the food out of your mouth. I know it's lunchtime for them, not for us. We don't get lunch till officially noon when we're off the airwaves, okay? All right. Um, and for me, it's still breakfast time, so. <laughs> <laughs> you got a head start on me with the, uh, with the, with the lunch uh, dibs. So, but, um, but yeah, so you, 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 you kind of prefaced it. Uh, coming out the break, we kind of got derailed in the previous segment, so we're gonna we're gonna circle the wagons and bring it on back. Um, we're talking about the offensive line, talking about you know kind of the process, and obviously Mike Tomlin's thoughts about that. He addressed it um, in, in, in his press conference, and then talked about it after practice. And of course, when you see some of the additions, right? You bring in Jesse Davis, and you bring bracket you bring back a Trent Scott uh, for this offensive line, and you know, the long-term goal for this group, just, you know, when you look at it, what, just what, what are your thoughts as far as progression? I know you got, as you said, you got to sneak into practice. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you to Casey Weidel, uh, <laughs> scouting, scouting assistant extraordinaire. Also, you know, doubles as a, uh, as the double agent, right? He'll go in and he can make sure that guys, he's the fixer, right? He's the Come fixer. In, you know, He's a guy. Hey, you need papers? I got papers. Uh, you know, you need an ID scan? I got an ID scan. No, you're good. Come on, step on in. It was, it Nobody was nice even know the to difference. take me in because <laughs> my face wouldn't fit in the in the ID scan. It was like a facial recognition thing, you know. And it like like I said, it was just it was all discombobulated. So he brought me in, and that was good. But certainly, why? why do, go ahead. You no, know, well, why do I picture you like, you know, you know when people used to like take their face and put it in the copier machine. <laughs> And try and make copies of it. Like, why do I picture you trying to do that with a copier scan? Well, like with the, with the face scanner, like your cheeks like pressed up against the camera lens, and you're trying to look at your eyeball. You know, that's Sorry. why. That's why it registered a thing and it said one face at a time. <laughs> Too wide a face, you know. Oh my God! All right, sorry, we're back on track. Let's back on track. Back on track. Saying. All right, we know where the offensive line is at right now. You know, you got Mason Cole sitting at the center position. You know that you got at the right guard position. You got James Daniels, and left guard is most likely going to be Kevin Dotson. The tackles have been there's there's been some movement in that area. Dan Moore, of course, obviously um, has a little bit of struggle. I think he's given up three sacks in the preseason thus far. At right tackle, we got Chooks Okorafor, who, hey, Chooks only gave up two sacks all of last year, four, only 14 hurries. You know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, why did they sign Chooks? Well, he only gave up two sacks. He only gave up 14 hurries. You know, I mean, as, as we were talking about, we said the pressure in the preseason has not been coming through Chooks. Am I right, Max? Hey, truer words have never been spoken. Quit eating. <laughs> I know breakfast is – you're getting breakfast. No, it's not It's not breakfast that time. I was drinking. Jeez, oh, okay. thank you. All right. Thank you. I, I do have a large cup of water here oh, that okay. I am trying to make sure I get my gallon a day in. Okay, so, I got you. Know, you. Just working mm-hmm. on it. But, uh, but no um, – no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it's Chooks has done what a, a, I mean, a great job. And it was last year, and you're like, well, why did you sign him? Because, like you said, the guy did not give up quarterback pressures and did not give up quarterback hits and a low amount of sacks. 
I mean, yes. that's what you want, especially from your right tackle side. You want to have that dependable guy, a guy that you know can move the pile, but also you know can take on those more elite pass rushers that are now transitioning right to the left end position, which is over the right tackle. Um, think think T.J. Watt, right? T.J. Watt isn't rushing against the left tackle; he's rushing against the right tackle. Yes. So you get that quality player now, and it's becoming more balanced uh, in the NFL to where it's not just the left side of your offensive line getting all of the best athletes. Uh, they cross over now. So I think it, it was important to make sure you solidify that, and he's a young talent. I mean, heck, what is he? Only He's still 24 years old, I believe, Wolf. Jukes, yeah, he's only 24. Yeah, maybe yeah exactly. I mean, and going into his fifth year. So, yeah. no, he's a young guy with still a lot of upside. So it, it, was, it was smart. It was smart. It's yeah, a very smart I, I, I want it. I want to keep it, and it came at a great rate, too. Yeah, he, it was a good price for both Chooks and the Steelers. It was a nice deal. Here, let me let me throw this at you. I was watching some Jesse, Tav- uh, Jesse Davis uh, tape from last year, okay, when he was in Miami. All right, to me, this guy is the prototypical 6'6", 320-pound uh, big chooch at right tackle. You know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. big, strong guy. Now, I watch him. For a 6'6 guy, this guy's got a low pad level. For a 6'6 guy, this guy comes off the ball and he keeps his feet moving. When you watch him, whether it was on the double teams or you watched him, and it's a small sample, very small sample I got to get in this morning here. But anyhow, got to look at it. And if if he can replicate that sort of thing, if, and I only say if, if there was trouble with Danny Moore, maybe Danny got hurt or Danny struggles so much so, you could move Chooks to the left tackle because he is a natural left tackle and move Jesse in at right tackle and you would have that you know that you know what I'm talking about the, the right tackle is normally the, the left tackle is a better athlete is the way they go. You know what I mean? Because it's the blind side of the quarterback, all that stuff. A lot of teams are right-handed in their running game. So you want a guy that, you know, is is one of those, uh, like I said, the big uh, jabronis that come off the ball and move people and stuff like that. And I was was impressed watching Jesse when I wasn't going – I went into it not thinking he would impress me at all. He impressed me with his ability to get a low pad level for such a big guy. No, I mean – he doesn't start seventy-two games by accident, Wolf. And right, I think you're right. That that and 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 he also, you know, has been charged with starting at four different positions. So I think that's where you kind of you get the skill, and that's where I talk about, you know, when you're talking about guys pushing other guys internally, right? Creating that internal yes. competition, healthy competition, right? Um, that that's a guy you bring in. You recognize that there's a skill set there, and yes, we you know there's been some injuries and stuff like that, but. That's the guy when we've been talking about what all training camp, what have we seen from the offensive line pre-snap all uh, across the board? What have we seen from the offensive line pre Oh, yeah, movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Pad <laughs> <laughs> level, whoop, pre-snap. Pre-snap. I, I, I tried to tee it up without teeing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let, 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 let me ask the question again. We, uh, what, what, what do we see? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> what have we seen from the offensive line pre-snap all training camp and preseason? A high pad level. There we go. <laughs> yes. See exactly. Boy, I tell you what. 
If ret- if retests were done immediately, I know I'd, I'd, I'd ace them, baby. <laughs> I, this, this is why I couldn't graduate college. They gave no, they didn't give you any pretests. You know, you got the one and done, of which I was done many times. That's okay, but you ha- you have a PhD in headbanging. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you are, you are definitely one of the guys that. You know, when you talk about football, you you are you are PhD level, but but no, yeah. So we you and you kind of emphasize that when you're watching the film with Jesse Davis. Yes. It was yeah. He plays with a lower demeanor, plays with a lower Yeah, not of one that you would think of a big old, you know, six foot six, three hundred and twenty plus pound guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of those guys they 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 give their chest, they stand up, they that sort of thing. So yes. Yeah. So now so if six six can do it. Six five should be able to do it. Six True. four should be able to do it, and six foot three should be able to do it. Yes. Um, so I think that that's a good thing to set in because now it provides that subconscious measuring stick, right? Um, when you're when you're sitting there, you're like, man, you know, I was wondering why did I get beat and he didn't get beat. Oh, his pad level was lower. I mean, you know, maybe I need to get my pad level lower. And now you create that subconscious, right? You're not asking the question. You're not. Oh my God, get your pad level down. You're watching what other guys are doing. If they're having success you tend to wonder why are they successful and you start to troubleshoot that and seeing how their successes can and, and your losses can now become your victories as well and how you can assimilate some of your game into some of the things that you're seeing by your peers and that and, and I think that, that that's a good sign to have that in that room uh, and to be able to to have that as something you watch on film something you see in practice as you're going through and watching reviews and getting ready for stuff so I really like that aspect of it. Because, like I said, I'm always looking for that internal competition that's healthy but not outright obvious. Mm -hmm. I want it to be something that kind of happens organically. And you get get guys wanting to compete for the sake of everybody getting better. And that's how I always approached it for myself. I was like, listen, I want guys to know everything in the playbook when there was an open competition over my years um, uh, playing for the Steelers. Like, there was always competition. You know, there was no like guaranteed. You're like Max, you've arrived. Da 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 da. No, I had to earn everything. You, you yes. hey, you kill what you, you eat, what you kill, right? Right. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that everybody was prepared. That's why I took every rookie under my wing, made sure they knew everything in the playbook. I because because that also makes a healthier room. So if injuries do happen, I want to be able to depend on that guy. If I have to come out the game for any reason, I want to trust a guy going in is ready and prepared to go, so that we can continue to win. Because even if I'm not out there, I want our team to win. No question. No question, man. And that's why, you know, looking at this, now Jesse Davis, here's here's what they, they got stat-wise on him. At right tackle last year, uh, you know, he gave up eight sacks and 39 hurries, okay? That's pro football yeah. focus. And as, as you said, not all sacks are the same. You know what I mean? Yes. And not all pressures are the same. You know what I mean? Yes. These, these happen in different ways. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, which, you know, again, I'd rather see it with my own eyes. All right. But anyhow, yeah. for, for the sake of just throwing something out there, Dan Moore had seven sacks and 30 hurries last year. Okay. Chooks, as I said before, two sacks, 14 hurries. One of the things that I, I look at at number one is if you got 72 starts in this league, you can't stink. You just can't. All right, you won't be around that long. The second thing I look at is Brian Flores has got to be very familiar with him, right? I yeah. mean that. So I would think that that's a couple of things that that weigh very heavily 
in the evaluation process by which they went out and got this guy, Jesse Davis. And then when you look at what he brings, besides the fact that he can start everywhere but center and that he is capable of – he obviously is capable of a better play than what Joe Haig was capable of. Otherwise, they would have kept Joe Haig and not made this move um, in their estimation. Uh, so this guy is going to push in, in a lot of places. And I think that that's a great thing to have because competition in the room is always the very best thing. You know what I mean? That's what I always loved about it was when you got competition in the room, you are always pushing yourself to be better than the next guy who might be trying to take your job. You know, and that's that's how good teams are made. Yeah, no, that's exactly how how they're made, and that's how the sausage is made, Wolf. That's how you put it through the grinder. <laughs> they're all that together. You turn the little wheel, looking like an organ grinder, and Here then we go boom. With the food again, baby. <laughs> exactly, I, because I got to tell a you, last night. Life. Hold on, Max. I got it. <laughs> now you got me goofed up again. But you know, the good lady Faith made some like a stew last night because she started off making something like it was going to be pulled chicken in the you know in the crock pot and stuff. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden there was there was uh, all kinds of crucifer cruciferous vegetables. Okay. Oh. Yeah, you yeah. got that going. Now you got you throw in there some uh, kibasi. Woo. Oh, let me tell you Woo-hoo. something. Mama yeah, had it smoking go. last night. The kid was eating big. That was good oh, stuff. Oh, and it was healthy because you had the yes. cruciferous green veggies. Yes, yes there you or, go. Or, or for layman terms, leafy green veggies. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> but continuing but, on our. But continuing on the process, just saying, you know, going behind the veil, kind of understanding what the process is to get to where we're trying to go. And it's kind of stays with the theme. Pursuta, you know, titled it um, offensive line playing the long game. This is yes. when you look at. The time, you know, when you hear the word long, that denotes time. And that's what we've kind of talked about this entire process. When you bring new guys together, especially a bunch of you new young guys, time is the element that is not on your side but is needed for the process. And so, you know, I still put it out week four. I think that's when, that's when we're going to see it all come together. Um, but bringing these other individuals in is to hope accelerate that process, right? You know, that that's the other keys, and and so bringing in a Jesse Davis um, is one of those guys that ho- you hope will accelerate some of the process as far as some of the mechanical and technical things. Because there's only so much time that Pat Meyer gets with these guys, right? To be able to get a game plan installed, make sure we get the plays drawn up against the different fronts that we have, um, or di- I'm sorry, different sets that we'll come out with versus the fronts that they have, and then you're also saying there's only so much film time you can watch, so. Using those other type of external factors to create that is um, is a positive, but it's still time. These guys have not spent enough time together. You know, I guarantee if you go in that room right now and ask each of those guys, "Hey, what's your mom and dad's first names?" Right. They don't. They don't know. They don't know the other guys' mom, mom and dad's first names. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's where it. The time is on your side. That's how well you have to know your buddy on the offensive line. That has to be your brother. You and Touch did not play next to each other, but what? Y'all y'all were as thick as thieves, yeah. right? Y'all yes. were best of best friends. Yes. And that's how that's how the line has to be. It shouldn't be I just know the guy next to me. Right. Right? Or mm-hmm. I just know one guy. No, all five have to know each other intimately. You and I, I can say for for me and for the younger line. Now the older guys when I came in, you know, Marvell Jeff, Allen, and company, uh, Kendall, right? I knew their wives, 
Meant, well, I didn't really meet their parents. Mm-hmm. I was like, but when, from, from my years and down, I've I've hung I've hung out with Darnell Stapleton's parents. I've right. I, I hung out with Willie with, with, with Willie's mom until she passed away, mm. Mama Jean. I've hung out with uh, with, with Trey's parents, Juice, uh, Chris Kimiatu's parents when they came when they came over from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what that looks like. Hartwig's family when they when they've come in. So you know, I, I look at that, and then of course Pouncey and, and and the guys that came after. Like you, you meet the family because right. that's what it is. That this it's position is a family position because you have to know guys so well. Good, bad, or indifferent, we're all brothers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can fight. We can fight in our own yard, right? As much as we want, but the second somebody comes and steps on our lawn, guess what? <laughs> we're attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like Tuncho always said: you mess with one, you get two. You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 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 then it's three, and then it's five, and then it's you know the entire room, eight or nine. That's the way it grows because that dependability on each other uh, is something that um, brings you tighter, stronger, and better together than, in my mind, any other position. Because again, there's no other position that requires five guys doing the same things. And, and getting it done. You know, in, in, in the defense, they say, you know, if, if if you all are on the same page, you know, no matter what happens, you'll be okay. But that's not it with the def- with the offensive line. You know, you can't have four guys on the same page. And even if you got five guys doing the wrong thing, it's going to blow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just exactly. one of those things. That's what offensive line is. And I think the long game is going to be the long game through these guys settling in working at it day in, day out, and staying after it and staying hungry. You know, the whole point about it is you got to want to do this and you got to stay hungry in making sure your skills are at the very best they can be. And if you are lacking in any area, you get one of your brothers and you work at it and then you get some of the defensive guys and you work with them as well because that's the only way you're going to get better. And as a group, it's you're, you're only as good as your weakest link, and that's – the way I see it, you know what I mean, and and you're trying to build build the strongest chainmail possible. So, yes, absolutely. You know, it, 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 and, and it's and it's and it's a constant evolution. You're, it's a constant journey and self discovery at the offensive line position, right? Yes. You know because the opponents change. How do you change with them while still keeping your identity and the challenges that arise? And it's it's trouble solving, but at least you do it with a group environment, and all of you are in it together. So. It's a beautiful position to kind of mimic life and, yeah. and, and situations, but at the same time, it's still a struggle, right? Because yeah. there's no tangible result. You know, for, a de- for any other player, there's statistics involved. There's a stat line that you can produce and say, he had a good game because he had seven catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. Yes. Or he had a great game because he had 10 tackles, a forced fumble, and a pass breakup. But offensive line, there is none. It's just don't get a penalty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> don't get a penalty and don't get and, and don't get the quarterback hit. Like that's that's about that's the barometer. So more team success and more team goals um, attribute to what you can define as success. But like you said, it's a sliding scale because you know you list last year Jesse Davis gave up eight sacks and 39 pressures. Um, not all those are the same, and it, are all eight technically his? Are they coverage? Are they, you know, are they right. situational based on what the scheme was? And did somebody else forget now because he ran back trying to help? It looks like he was the one that gave it up. Yeah. All right. Next up, 
Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to ask Max, all right? Dan Moore wears 65. Larry Ogunjobi wears 65. Who's going to be wearing 65? We'll tell you when we come back. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So the big question that's hanging around is, who's going to wear number 65? You know, I mean, it's you got two guys. You got Danny Moore and you got Larry Ogunjobi. One is an established veteran. Uh, well, they're both now not really veterans because – in my day, you had to make it to the fourth year. Uh, that's when you were vested status. Yes, vested status. You're a veteran, a veteran at that time, Max. But right now, Danny, you know, having started all year, and then now in his second year, coming along to start, and you've got Larry Ogunjobi, who's been in a couple of places, namely Cincinnati or Cincy. What'd you call it, Cincy Nasty? Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Okay. So, who's going to get number sixty-five? I mean. There's, there's a little struggle going on there because they both have had 65 was a, six, a significant number to them both. Well, and I, I have to say to to the victor goes the spoils. Danny Moore was here first. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, because I, you know, I remember uh, when I got drafted by the Steelers and I was, you know, um, <clears throat> Rogers Freyvogel, who was, uh, who was a longtime equipment yep. manager. Yeah, Pinky. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember him calling me on the phone before I came up for uh, for mini camp. He's like, "Hey, you know, what number do you want to wear? So let's see if we have it for you, so we can have it ready for you." And I remember, mind you, this is before the era of the of of uh, of, of internet being something that's widely used and available and reported on, um, even in the early two thousands, right? Um, right. And I remember I was like, you know, I wore seventy seven in college, so can I can I get seventy seven here? No, it's taken already. Mm. What do you mean? He's like Marvell Smith wears it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, how about this? Can I get can I get seventy nine? How about that? You know, seventy nine. That was my father's number mm-hmm. when he played in the, in the league. I'm gonna pick of who my I did battle number. with because he was a great yeah, I was player. Say, yes. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, y'all had many of many of battles. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but yeah. So and then he was like. Ah, uh, nope. That, that's Oliver Ross's number. I'm like, oh. God, I'm like, what number can I wear? No, you know what? Give me 75. <laughs> Bad move. <laughs> yeah, well, once again, not knowing the history right, and just right. trying to find a number. I was like, because I was like, you know what? My best friend in college, Shannon Snell, he wore 75, played next to him. I was like, you know what? Let me, let me get Shannon's number. It's a cool number. I'll get 75. It's the third option. Right. You're like, um. Yeah, don't swing even think and a about miss. That number. They, 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 yeah, Rogers like, don't even think about that number. That number. I was like, well, well who wears that one? It's like nobody. I was like, oh, all right, okay, moving on. So how about this? How about I split the difference between my my college number and my dad's number? Is seventy eight available? Good choice. We got it for you, Max. You're now seventy. <laughs> you know, it took four tries. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because Pinky's a great guy. You know, Rogers Freibogel. Yeah. He he and I and Tunch, we all came in together uh, in the uh, in 1980. We were the class of '80 coming in together. That's when they hired oh, wow. uh, Rogers there too, along with Tony Parisi. So, um, anyhow, you know, where was I going with that? Oh, yes. I remember when I went to Minnesota, I said, Pinky, could you pack up the stuff? 
and send it and ship, you know, my pads and so forth to uh, to Minnesota. And he said to me, says, yeah, he said, uh, I will do that. So then I saw him uh, a couple weeks later, and, and he had sent it already, and I said, thanks. And he said, you know, I really spent some time thinking about you. You know, he said, because, you know, you, me, and Tunch, we all came in together, and, uh, you know, we spent a decade here. And uh, he said, you know, it was, I, I, was, I was packing up your, your locker. I was just thinking about it. And he says, you know, just a lot of good memories, man. And I said, I'm really touched by that, Pink. I said, thanks. I said, how long did it take? He said, about a minute and a half. <laughs> you know how hey, it is here today gone for, today right exactly and for rods it's like business as usual yeah, there you go <laughs> but hey but the fact that he took a pause yeah he you know, paused is a, is amazing yeah no we rods we used to always kid that he he was he was a roadie for Hall and oats uh De- definitely soft rocked only, you know. <laughs> there was no said hard rock. Seals and crofts, but okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Steely Dan, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, so you know, it's just it, it's funny when we talk about just kind of how that happens, right? Because once you get to this level, it's funny the 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 association that guys have with numbers and the symbolism mm-hmm. that has with guys. And you're just like, man, like, th- like this was, this is my number. This is the number I've, I've known, you know, because I think about 77 and the significance of 77 in my career was I, I, I always wore a seven in my number. Like, even when I played basketball, like, I had number 34. Mm-hmm. Three plus four equals seven. I know I, 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 didn't, I know we, we, we don't do math on here, right. so I figured I'd just make it easy. There you um, go. But – so yeah, so then when I got when I got to when I got to high school, that was the first time I played football. Um, they wanted to be to be a tight end defensive end. And I was like, all right, and I couldn't wear a seventies number. So they're like, well, if you're gonna play defense, you have to have a nineties number as well. So I so my first ever number was ninety nine. Um, really, that was the first number I ever wore um, my freshman year. But my second year and moving forward, once I wasn't a tight end. Um, because I was a tight end defensive end, so you couldn't wear a seventies number. You're too big okay. to be a defensive end. I mean, a, uh, a, a, yeah, a, a defensive end. I mean, come my, on, my no, my freshman. Do you know how big I was my freshman year? You're, how, are you talking high school or or college? Yeah, high school, okay. high school, not college. Okay. No, right, high school. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no. I was six five, two forty five, my freshman year. Oh my heavens! They didn't make you yeah. a nose tackle. Just. What? Why? Why? I had I had athleticism, speed, and height. I was I wasn't, you know, nose tackle at high school. That's the five eleven kid, the the stubby kid. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was a I was an athlete. I was an athlete. You're an athlete. Okay. Athlete. Right. Athlete. You I'm know, gonna... not even T H. Just an F. Athlete. I was an athlete. <laughs> okay, I'll take and, your word on so, it. And I also, I, but but I was also I was a basketball player. Like I was recruited to play basketball, oh, all right. and so I so I, I was I was a power forward center um, as well in the basketball. So I had athleticism. I had some moves. Okay. I had some, some, some shake moves. and bake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, but uh, but you know, but my sophomore year, obviously, I I, I found the weight room, and I also found extra plates of food. Yes. Um, so then, so then I I, I continued my journey inward. Then <laughs> 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 I became. A, 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 a tackle, defensive tackle, <laughs> offensive tackle, defensive tackle, oh, and then man. and then and then I got moved to guard, defensive tackle. <laughs> it's like you're mirroring and defensively what you're playing offensively, or vice versa. 
Yeah. So sophomore year, I was like 275. I was like 6'6. Six, six. And then, you know, junior year, uh, I'm six foot seven, 320. And so, yeah. And then by senior year, I was, I was 6'8, 386. So, and I, was, I still played guard. Wow. See, look at that. Guard, defensive tackle at that size. So I, and we ran a triple option. So I pulled every single play. Um, Let me ask but, you this. Uh, yeah. Have you ever topped 400 pounds? Uh, what's the statute of limitation from uh, Super Bowl Forty? <laughs> Pass that. Yeah, we've done an anniversary trip. I can admit that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I hit a, I hit four oh five. Wow. Um, all right. Yeah. So just imagine, I was, I was four oh five at Super Bowl, and I, I, st- and even though Randall gets credited with the tackle, I still ran down that defensive back, um, on that interception return. <laughs> And yeah, you're amazing. Video, uh, video proof, video proof to prove it. Now, now they also didn't. I'm that glad they cut the video after that because that jog on across the width of the field and into the bench <laughs> that extra 52 yards <laughs> Ooh, sucked a lot of wind. Did you? Oh, oh, that's the only time I've ever I've ever asked for oxygen in my life. On really? The <laughs> yeah, it was the only time. I I, I refused I was to go to the oxygen that. tank. Oh man, nah. Oh my God! No, no, that was the one time I hit the oxygen, and I was like, "Thank God!" I was like, "This stuff is amazing." I was like, "Get away yes. from me, devil!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, I loved oxygen, especially in Denver. You know, we were fighting oh. over it. Me, Tunch, and uh, let's see, Brian Blankenship and some of the other guys. We'd be like wrestling for the for the oxygen. Give it to me! Oh. I need it first. <laughs> Webby, yeah. Mike Webster be over there. He'd be sucking that thing down, and and you had to wait because he was Mike Webster. I mean, that's just the way it was. Yeah, no, no. You definitely you wipe your feet off before you even walk in front of him. I yeah. mean, that's just that's 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 that, that's the that's the man, the myth, the legend. Boy, but uh, but 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 all that to say is that you know when it comes to those numbers, you know, there's significant meaning to those things. And like I said, I wore it from my sophomore year through my senior year in college. So. I had a, an attachment of seven years with this number. Mm-hmm. And so to come to the league and to change that number, even though it was moving one over, you know, that was a big move. But I appreciate it and I embraced it because the symbolism was, you know, I, I technically I ascended, right? I ascended from college to pro. Right. And it was it was a mix between the old and the new. And I was right in between my old number and my dad's number. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the special kind of, correlation that i made with it and then you know just made it my own um you know to where you know i i got to wear it for nine years in pittsburgh so i was i was happy about that you know it's funny because i had uh, number 75 in high school i had 64 at syracuse university and then when it came to the steelers they gave me 73 which i i i, I didn't ask for it you know uh, it, you just were given the number in 1980 you just got the number they they gave it to you but 73 yeah. which i was thrilled because one of the guys that I really loved to watch play was John Hanna, Hoggy Hanna, or Hoggy Hanna from uh, the New England Patriots. He was a Pro Bowl guard and Hall of Famer eventually, uh, and what a run blocker he was. I mean, he was just thick and, and strong, and, man, he could just palpitate people and slobber knock them. Uh, serious, serious, you know, uh, run blocking stuff. And uh, I was so thrilled to get that number. You know, that was cool. Yeah, no, it was cool. And then when I got to Pittsburgh, I understood the significance because I got a chance 75. to meet. Can I get 75? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, listen, I didn't know. Wolf, I'm from Florida. I'm a kid. 
Yeah, I wear board shorts and decorate palm trees in Christmas time. I didn't, I didn't know it. Joe Green's number was not allowed to have. I, I didn't know that. You know, listen, I and it wasn't retired. I did look that up. The only number retired was number 70 at the time. It was Ernie Stotner. Yeah. So I did know not to ask for number 70, but I didn't realize there's a, there's a do not ask list. <laughs> Of of Steelers legends that you can't ask for their numbers, so I, I you know I didn't know, so you know I'm like all right, well hey 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 you swing and a miss, but you know but I was happy because once I learned about another member of that Steel Curtain line, right, mm-hmm. uh, Dwight White, right, Dwight Mad Dog White. I mean to have the opportunity to meet him and then us have that that kind of connection was 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 really special, um, and because he was a mentor of mine in Pittsburgh early mm-hmm. on in my career. You know, he's the one that exposed Tremendous the Pittsburgh Foundation. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, just a bril- brilliant, brilliant man. And you know, he's the one kind of took me under his wing. He showed me about philanthropy in Pittsburgh. You know, he helped me open my account with the Pittsburgh Foundation. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he, so he he introduced me to people. So so you know, there was a significance there. And to know that you know, of our six Super Bowls that we have with the Steelers, a seventy-eight has always been present. Um, and that was oh, a cool tradition ooh, to kind of I share. I like that. That's very Think cool. Think about that. Yeah. So, so that that's something that I, you know I held special. I'm all you know. You always look for tradition and things to have significance in your life, right? To create a grounding point. And that that was a cool thing to share with him and talk, especially after my first Super Bowl. I remember talking to him uh, about it and him just being ecstatic about it. And I just remember, you know, I said, "Hey, I got a Super Bowl." Just he's like. All right, one down, three more to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, obviously, I fell short. I, I, but at least I got halfway there. At least we got halfway there. We got two of them. But uh, but no, it, it's just it's tremendous, you know. And those are some of the significant stories, like behind the number and why you know the numbers are so special to us. And that's why you know I I, I agree when guys you know wanted it. Sometimes you got to pay. Sometimes like hey, listen, I I got to pay to keep my 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 tradition alive. And in some cases. Uh, you know, yesterday's price is not today's price. Sometimes you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, reading the article, I got the idea Larry Ogunjobi was willing to either negotiate or move on, you know, get another yeah. number. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. It, 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 it didn't mean as much to him as it does to Dan. So, you know, and, I love well, when offense gets a victory. It's it's always about <laughs> the money. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. You hear some guys do ridiculous things, $10,000, $20,000. I mean, and upwards more. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and now they're probably trading cryptos and NFTs for jerseys. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. But, you know, I, I look at it and I'm just like, hey, you know what? That's why I'm retired because I don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, no, I, I'm just glad I didn't have to get any negotiations with guys coming in trying to get my number uh, or, yeah. or them feeling some significance towards it. And I wasn't paying Marvell Smith. I was a rookie. I didn't, I didn't have any money. <laughs> Couldn't even afford rookie dinner. So there you go. There you <laughs> let go. alone compete with him. But, um, but no, we're, we, you know, that we're, we're, we're going to take our last break here, Wolf. All right. But, uh, you know, coming back here, here's something I, I, I want, I want to tease for us um, going into the weekend and, 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 Prepping us for because next week will be game week. We're and, game and we'll week. Ha- we settle we'll, we'll into have, it. We'll, ha- we'll have our 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 days in order. But I want to get opening day memories from you uh, and share that to close out the show for this weekend. So we're gonna step aside, pay some bills, 
Let the ninjas do what they do behind the scenes. <laughs> and we will be back here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, final segment of In the Locker Room edition. You know, Wolf, this will be the last last weekend without NFL football in earnest until February. I mean, think about it. It's a pretty... Yeah, but but you know, but I think about this: college football starts in earnest. So we have not had we we will have football all the way until February, which is a glorious thing. It's that time of year. I know. I, I know. Last weekend was like that week zero stuff where you know I'm like I'm like why are you calling it week zero? I was like I was like technically that should be week one, but you know I get it. Hey, if it, if it helps people mentally prepare. Good for them. But, you know, because you get your international game out of the way. Um, you know, you had the Nebraska-Northwestern game out in Ireland. And you also had the Hawaii always gets the week zero game because people have to travel so far to get to Hawaii. So I get it. <laughs> and you want to get before school starts. But we got a week one in college that started right there in the, in, in the Steel City. And the backyard brawl was absolutely Shock! Did you get to watch that game last night? I did not see it. I have to, oh I have to say, I, I missed God, a good boy. one. Yeah. Man, 11-year hiatus. And boy, oh, boy, you felt 11 years of hate bottled up into one game. <laughs> I mean, the, it, was, it was everything you expected this game to be. The lore and the legend of it literally manifested itself there in Akershire Stadium last night. It was tremendous. And, of course, of course, H2P hailed a pit for the victors um, of that game. But, man, it, and it went down to the wire. Um, just a tremendous game. So that got me thinking about opening day memories, game one memories through the annals of, uh, of, of our time within the league. So I wanted to jog your brain and just get your thoughts about memories from opening day, the beginning of a season, obviously a new journey every single year and the Steelers are going to go through this next weekend September 11th as we head over to Cincinnati to take on the uh the Bengals I'm going to be nice there and be diplomatic and political just in case (laughs) we cut this as a clip um but you know just kind of talk about you know through your career uh, you know what did it mean to get to that opening day game and what are some of the memories from from those days oh man there's so many I mean you think about there's 12 years so there's 12 opening games that have occurred you know and I I look at it I can go start off at my my rookie year I remember we played the Houston Oilers in the 1980 uh, in the opening game at uh, Three Rivers Stadium and I was L3 on the kickoff team, Max. That's right, baby. There we go. L3. Yeah, I tell Thunderbolt. Danny Smith. Yes, I tell Danny <laughs> Smith all the time, hey, you need you need a headbanger? Huh? I, L3, baby. I could bust up the wedges. Now, I wasn't very good at a lot of other stuff, but I could bust up a wedge. So, anyhow, we, we kick off uh, to start the game. Who makes the opening tackle in 1980 at Three Rivers Stadium? The kid here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, there we Thank go. Thank you. Yes, yes. Although in the meetings, it was pointed out to me by a number of my uh, jealous teammates 
that I was so slow going down the field, everybody else got blocked and I was the one left open. <laughs> you know, they're trying to bring me down, man. I made a great play and they're bringing me down on that. That was yeah. oh, just that was rough. So that's my earliest memory of, you know, what it, what it was on an opening day. How about you? You know, I, I, I so like you said, I, I don't have 12 to go on. I have about 10 of those. Um, well, same but, thing, whatever. We got double yeah, digits exactly. for there. Yeah, exactly. We were there. Um, but, but you know what's funny? I, I remember my rookie year just like you um, vividly. It was a home opener against uh, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, then Oakland Raiders, I guess I should say, since they're now in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember that game because I wasn't dressed for that one. I was on the sidelines, but it was cool to go out opening day. Right. And I just remember, you know, the craziest part, it, it, was, it was a fanboy moment for me, seeing Jerry Rice across oh, the field in an Oakland Raiders yeah. uniform. I was like, wow. oh, my God. I was like, I'm literally staring across a guy that my, that, that my dad and my uncles played against. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he's still in the league. Um, and w- the the goat, you know, when it comes to wide receivers, so it was. So that's the first memory that sticks out. And then, of course, the second memory sticks out that the number two draft pick that year um, in my draft class, the first lineman taken in the draft, Robert Gallery, was starting at left tackle for the Oakland Raiders. Oh yes, yeah. And, and I just remember Joey whipping him that first series, and he went from left tackle to the next series. He went to right tackle. Clark Hagens whipped him, and then. He went in at 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 uh, right guard. He got he got he got whipped by Aaron Smith, and then they took him out for a series, and then they put him back in in, in the in the fifth series of the game at left guard, and that's where his career uh, stayed. The rest of it, <laughs> he became a left guard. Um, this dude was toted, touted as the the next Tony Baselli, the evolution yes. of the left tackle position. And it lasted all of one series. Yeah, uh, Joey Porter <laughs> broke bro- broke his broke his heart. And um, and so th- those are the memories that stick out. And obviously, we won that game, and that rookie year is obviously a part of Steelers history, going on that magical run, and then Ben, of course, starting later and having the rookie uh, win streak. But that, that but that memory sticks out because that was the first time I was like, where I I literally, literally looked around and said, I made it to the NFL, right? Yes, I, I made I made the opening day roster, and a dream. On the you know, or I should say, an item on the dream checklist was accomplished. But uh, you know, I still had a lot more things. Right, I still wanted to dress, play in my first NFL game, start my first NFL game, and you know, be a fixture on 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 a team. And obviously, I accomplished those things later. But in the moment, it was just accomplishing that goal of making an NFL roster, of being present for game one uh, of the season. And being out there and just experiencing all of those emotions, all of those thoughts, the environment, and really coming coming to a point where you can say, "Okay, I I I did it. I I did something on my yes. list of my yeah. goals of life. I accomplished this thing, and it was just it, it was a special moment. I'll never forget that." Then, of course, the following year, I got my first start against Tennessee at home against Kyle Vandenbosch, and he had like. He had like red contacts and it was weird, but um, that was another, that's, that's a different one, but I want to focus on the first one. The first one was the most significant one and it'll always be the most special to me. You know, there's so many others I could sit here and run down, but I think around 85, we played the Colts in the home opener at three Rivers stadium. I think it was 84, 85, somewhere in there. And we, we beat them handily. Matter of fact, so well that they pulled me, 
Mike Webster and Ton Jilkin out of the game and put backups in because, you know, it was one of those kind of blowouts. And I remember I remember sitting there thinking, you know, wow, this is kind of cool. And it was the only time I remember being pulled out of a game early in my entire career. Uh, you know, it was it was just really cool to sit there with Mike Webster and sit on the bench and like go, Wow, we're just sitting here now because we we got we ran up so many points. We're we're just out here. I think it was somewhere in the beginning or in the middle of fourth quarter they pulled us out, and that was it was a really hot day too. So I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, oh, ooh, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about no. it, man. No, absolutely, man. Well, no, that that this is special. Like I said. This is the last opportunity, Wolf, for us to uh, talk about football being in the future because now when we come in next week, it's game week. Game week, baby. We got to get the pencil and the paper out, Wolf. Start taking notes. You better believe it. Watching game film. We're ready to rock and roll. And we're going to (laughs) bring you all in along with us on the trip. Look, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We we just absolutely love you all, Steelers Nation. And this Sunday, you know, if you got a moment – Take a moment and think about our brother, Max and I, our brother, Tunchilkin, who passed away one year ago uh, this Sunday and all the joy and the godly life he led. He's with Jesus now. He's better than he's ever been. But you might want to just remember that guy. He was very special. So for Max and I, God bless. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.